This is Konzenshu, the podcast, episode 408, for the week of July 24th, 2016. What is up? Welcome back to Kanzen Shu, the podcast and extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site, Kanzen Shu. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. Hello, it's Mike Vichito EX coming back in your ears after quite a hiatus here. A little bit of a planned one, a little bit of an unplanned one. Later on in the show, before we wrap up things for good, I'll give you a little tease of uh, what's been in the works. There's lots of good stuff so it's not like we've been doing nothing just hanging out playing video games drinking beer no of course not not the case guaranteed not the case maybe it's a little bit the case lots of stuff going on dragon ball is insane this last month if you can't tell by just visiting the website konzenshu.com just because the podcast isn't going on doesn't mean the rest of the website isn't trucking along since we have been gone for so long here on the podcast i say so long i think we've gone longer than this before is this the longest hiatus there's super fan out there that knows a little better than I do. We'll figure that out. Anyway, what is on tap this episode? Got a great topic coming in your ears this week. So excited for this. We are talking about Dragon Ball Super. We are talking about the production of Dragon Ball Super. That may sound familiar if you've been following the show here. We are talking about what was not the production of Dragon Ball Super. If you've been following along kind of behind the scenes, maybe some forum discussions, maybe some other topics elsewhere across the internet, you may have seen some examples of Genga drawings for Dragon Ball Super that were supposedly thrown out not used in the show. Well, guess what? It was all fake. We got the story for you here on the show. Joining me will be Heath, you know him, Hujio, here from Konsenshu, and then a new voice to the show. So glad to have AJ on, a uh, new forum moderator. So excited to have some help on <laughs> the forum lately so the rest of us can work on different things. But yeah, myself, Heath, and AJ, we are talking fake Dragon Ball Super production. Get about a half hour topic there. That topic will be coming at you before you know it this episode. Before we get to that, since it has been over a month since the last podcast episode. There's too much news to go through one by one, but there has been some significant news. So what I'm going to do is give you the briefest of brief headlines running down the list here of those big stories. As always, you can go read all the in-depth details on the homepage of the website. Our news archive, of course, does have everything there. That is the episode this week. Glad to kick things back into gear. So we got some news recaps. We got a great topic. We got some website teases after that. That is our episode. Let's go right now into news. So what are some of those big stories? Well, I guess working backward, we do have to talk about Dragon Ball Super here. We have to talk about Viz and Dragon Ball Super. Out of nowhere, on June 24th, Viz put up an English translation of the first chapter of Toyotaro's Dragon Ball Super manga, as it has been originally serialized in V-Jump over in Japan. They put up digitally for free on their website. It is region locked, so not everyone out there in the world has been able to check it out, but it is in English and they have it. Well, did they have it? Well, of course they had it because they put it up there. 
Why would they put it up if they didn't have it? Well, there was no announcement to a company they're posting this. It was part of a larger initiative to put up some of the spinoff stuff that Shueisha has over in Japan. Dragon Ball Super was included in that. Uh, four days later, there was a post up on Viz's blog there on the Shonen Jump website to uh, talk about what they were doing. New initiative, getting stuff out there for free. They went back and put some other chapters of other series for free. Then on July 1st, they put up chapter 2 of the manga. And then later that day, during their panel at Anime Expo, Viz did officially <laughs> announced yes they had it and a print edition would be coming in spring 2017 the first collective volume will be out next year and even then a few days later after that that's when we got the press release kind of detailing things a little bit more so uh yeah viz has the dragon ball super manga uh, this is one of their only examples of dragon ball spin-off material that they not only have announced but have put out. Virtually the only other example of this would be Nekomajin, which they've only published one chapter of, and that was, I believe, the October 2007 issue of their Shonen Jump print edition, when that was still a magazine. Uh, I believe that was the special Dragon Ball collector issue. They only published Nekomajin Z5, the very last final chapter of Nekomajin. Viz clearly has the ability to license different things. Uh, we've seen Glenat over in Europe license Dragon Ball SD. So this stuff is on the table and it's really nice to finally see some of this get out there in English in an official capacity. And here, as of our recording, the latest chapter the Viz has put up as uh, was chapter three, which they put up on July 15th. And then there was an Amazon listing that popped up. Viz said spring, while Amazon's listing says May 2017. That's when we can expect probably Viz's first collected print edition of the Dragon Ball Super manga. I guess we have to talk about Xenoverse 2 news this last month. We did get all the details about the various editions that'll be coming out in Europe and North America. We've got the day one edition. That's really just going to get you some pre-order bonus materials. There's going to be a collector's edition and then there's going to be a deluxe edition. Uh, slightly different contents in different regions there. We've got some statue figures. We've got some time patrol books. We've got a soundtrack. So there's a lot of different stuff in different packages at different price points. A little something for everyone here. I can't run down everything here on the podcast because it's kind of a boring list of items. You can read up on everything and see pictures of the prototype stuff there on the homepage of the website. There have been a lot of other little things here and there. Lots of Dragon Ball Fusions news. We're only a couple weeks out from that on the 3DS in Japan. We have Whis coming to Zenkai Battle over in arcades in Japan. We have details on the four versions of the CD single for Yoka Yoka Dance, which is the new, the fifth closing theme to Dragon Ball Super. Again, all that stuff you can check out on the website. The one last big piece of news that I want to leave you with here on the episode though this is one of those things that got misreported for a little bit so resurrection f revival of f fukatsu no f which was the the theatrical film from last year so not the arc and dragon ball super but the original movie version that's going to be airing on fuji tv in august what is special about this tv airing similar to what happened with battle of gods not entirely the same but similar in some ways it's going to have extra footage it's going to have new material focusing on 
future trunks. Here's a little blurb that Jake translated from the official website here. The big hit Dragon Ball Z Resurrection F, which took in more than 3.7 billion yen at the box office, will get its first uncut terrestrial broadcast on Fuji TV at 9 a.m. August 27th, Saturday. What's more, in addition to the main film, for this day only, there will also be broadcast scenes of the future adult trunks, who appears in Dragon Ball Super, airing every Sunday at 9 a.m., showing his perspective on the historic battle with Frieza. This added part is newly made just for this day, and none of its footage was shown in theaters. So if you remember back to Battle of Gods, and this is a little bit different for uh, Americans, maybe even Europeans uh, to some degree, uh, we got the movie The Theatrical Cut aired in theaters, but our home release from the start came with the extended edition. Fuji TV aired that extended version of Battle of Gods, the special edition here for Resurrection F, similar to that special edition for Battle of Gods. The Fuji TV airing gets some extra footage. So yeah, we're getting some more trunk stuff here in this version of the film in just a few weeks here. Really curious to see how they're going to mix that in to the rest of the narrative of that film. And we got that little flashback there showing Trunks killing Frieza. Will it tie in with that scene? Will it be an extended flashback scene there? Will it be its own totally separate thing? I for- I'm so sorry. I forget who mentioned it. I think it was on Twitter somewhere. Uh, someone suggested a totally cold opening of Trunks's perspective on killing Frieza there. That could lead into the previous version of the film's opening. Very, very interestingly. I don't have a better word than interestingly. Uh, I'm, it's Monday, 9 p.m. I'm at a lack of words here. Forgive me. So that's what we have to look forward to. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep our eye on that and we'll check it out when it airs and we'll certainly look forward to whatever happens with that. So that is your very brief news recap from the last month or so. Again, for all the details, just keep up on the homepage, consensu.com. With that said, it's time to turn it over to our topic. Myself, Heath, AJ, talking false Dragon Ball Super production. For our topic this week, it's been a while since we've had uh, one of these shows, one of these in-depth topics. This is what I wanted to talk about. Dragon Ball Super, its production and maybe its production non-scandal. Like, I have no idea how to describe this. Uh, here for the ride, Heath. Hi. Hi. I'm here. I made it. That's great. Uh, we'll get back to you. Joining us okay. for the first time on our podcast here, a uh, new moderator on the forum as well. Glad to have him along for the ride. AJ, what's up, dude? Hello. Hi. How's it going? It's great. Are you ready to tell this story? Because you're kind of in charge here. Uh, I am, but I'm dreading it. <laughs> Take us back to the beginning here. Can you put us in a time frame here? We're talking roughly January earlier this year. Yeah, somewhere around sort of late January. I don't know. I don't really know how anyone found this, but up on our Twitter feeds pops up some uh, Genga of sort of, who do we have? We had uh, Kaba, we had Goku, and we had Krillin and all sorts of different things. And everything was very different from what we'd seen up to this point. Krillin had hair and, and Kaba was in action and, and all of these sort of crazy things that we hadn't seen yet in Super and we were all anticipating and getting excited for. And the more we watched, the more it seemed like, hey, something's wrong here. Something has changed. And I guess to sort of frame why we thought these were legit. If we think back to the, the Resurrection F arc, I know from talking to Kay, and I imagine you guys have probably heard this as well, that um, during that arc, some things were sort of changed around last minute, and of course, visibly very different from uh, from the film. And so everyone just kind of presumed, hey, something something's being changed again. 
uh, here because along with these tweets, it said, you know, this this isn't going to be in the in the final episode. And yeah, that's pretty much where we got to, and and that was kind of our excuse for for why things weren't looking as good as they were. Uh, and that's I guess that's basically it up until we get to the big turning point. I don't know if you want to hit that right now or, or talk a bit about um, how we felt just seeing these to start with. I guess. Yeah, let's jump into what was going on at the time because I think it is really important to put these in context because this while we were disappointed and it kind of sucked to see this assuming this was all true it did also kind of make sense for what the narrative of the show's production was which we saw in the show itself i mean completely independent of production materials just looking at the show itself specifically the frieza arc retelling it looked like garbage far more often than it looked good and then as we were getting a little bit later there we had that and Heath, uh, maybe you can give us a little bit of a recap there we got an uncredited kind of promotion for king ryu to be the organizer for the upcoming story arc right correct a uh, a redacted <laughs> right yeah yeah it was a really odd turning point kind of around there you know we were getting a new series director King Ryu was promoted, supposedly, and then very quietly unpromoted, yet seemed to still be in charge of that story arc Mm -hmm. overall. And I guess just just to speak to that, that was on his official blog, which is verified as actually his official blog. Yeah, he had announced, hey, I'm uh, pretty much taking over. I got a promotion. This is really cool. And then a couple weeks later, that post was gone. And I believe we did a whole podcast episode kind of yeah, yeah. surrounding that. Right. Yeah, it's it was a very interesting time. And kind of to touch on what you were talking about, at least for the Resurrection F story, it definitely just felt much more disjointed as far as the animation was concerned. You would get maybe one or two cuts here and there within an episode. They looked fairly decent. And then the rest of it almost was just like a piecemeal to kind of surround it. But you can also understand from Toei's standpoint of, well, we, we did kind of just animate this, so maybe some of the animators weren't that into it, mm. but we know they've outsourced just so much of this material that it at that point, for someone to make money, it's, well, how many key art can we generate and how fast can we make it? Right. While it sucked, all of that made total sense for the time. Yeah. And also, it was probably somewhere around that, that time in Resurrection F started, you know, really full broad production was when all of the uh, Universe 6 stuff started happening as far as production was concerned. Mm -hmm. So who knows who is being pulled to do what. Yeah, yeah. So again, this all made sense in terms of what we saw on the screen and then what we thought we were seeing on the production side of things. Uh, AJ, like you were saying, though, as we continued watching the show, these scenes weren't showing up. And then even the tweets from the person showcasing the things were saying, you know, this stuff isn't going to be here. Uh, There's one shot of Kaba in particular that kind of like solidified that. For me, I think what really solidified it was when they showed Kurlin and he was in Toyotaro's manga exactly the same as this key animation mm. had shown yet he was in the tv series looking completely different with hair his taco shirt yeah 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 it's like it was just really weird of so why would Toyotaro go with that probably based on pre-production meetings mm. yeah and then all of a sudden and now he's drawing it and something had changed and he wasn't aware of it so that lent it some legitimacy you feel like yeah if- that's why it was really weird because I, I remember I tweeted out like the three different pictures of here's him in the TV series, here's the key art, and here's him from the manga. All three were, it was just so weird. Yeah, it was really strange. And I think I think what lended some sort of credibility to this was that Naruto Kanakuba is not like a, 
he's not a big animator as far as I'm aware he's just like a, a freelancer who's done some bits here and there he worked on mm-hmm. uh, Blue Dragon did some stuff for Resurrection F um, and has a, a sort of a small history at Toei and he had only worked on on Super in episode 13 under Yamamura so it seemed so weird for for someone to sort of take that name and run with it yeah, you would have thought, hey, if if they were gonna maybe try and, and fake something, which obviously we will get to, would you surely not pick someone who is a, a very regular animator on the show who is bound to pop up later down the line? I mean, that's that's what sort of lent the the legitimacy to me. I thought, well, if this guy does show up, at least we know there's some truth to it. And of course, he did show up. He popped up in uh, episode thirty eight with uh, Tate, and it was all totally different. Well, I kind of feel like it makes sense. You, you go after the uh, the small fry there that maybe no one's going to pay attention to. But let's take a step back again. This kind of stuff popping up online, specifically on Twitter, it's not unheard of either. We've seen plenty of this kind of stuff from people that we can independently confirm have been who they say they are, showcasing what they say they're showing, right? Yeah, so uh, Shida has has shown some stuff in the past. So it's it's definitely not unusual, and, and animators are usually pretty open if you ask them what they did, and, and they they'll usually share some stuff uh, pretty regularly. So it wasn't it wasn't totally crazy. And I guess one of the the easiest ways to spot a a fake is when the Japanese is all over the place. There was an image recently that was. Mm. Uh, around online and you know instantly anyone who spoke japanese was like no this is this is rubbish this doesn't make any sense yeah yeah uh whereas whereas these tweets i mean i i I passed them across to uh jake and he read them and he said you know he didn't point out anything that was wrong with them he translated them just fine so presumably the japanese in them was was fine right there was no reason to sort of doubt that side of things well talk a little bit about the images themselves uh just looking at the raw photos that accompany these tweets what seemed right correct true about them to you so to start with the the first ones are i mean they all have the toei logo on them and they and they they match stuff i've seen in the past um i mean the 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 shading itself is all pretty standard i mean everything about it looks like a professional uh piece of genga that would obviously be be handed off uh there was nothing really about it until i went and looked later on at at the um the subsequent uh leaks if you want to call them that and uh that's when i started noticing that that things were wrong if we go through the the timeline here to start with we had goku and kaba um they both had toei logos then you had one the next day which had no logo and then you had something from a show called sket dance and uh with that tweet it said um hey here's a here's a nostalgic piece of genga and if you do go and check uh kane kubo's credits he also worked on this show sket dance so i mean that's another part where uh, i guess a lot of us went okay this must be real surely um and then a couple of days later you end up with um another piece another another piece from super of kaba which uh well, I mean, that all looked fine. You couldn't see the logo, uh, but there was nothing wrong with it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that, that all seemed mostly fine. I suppose it, it wasn't until, obviously, someone popped up. I mean, this happened on the forum. Someone popped up and just said, you know, hey, this is this is fake. This isn't real. This was the work of some French animators. They were just having, you know, a laugh, if you want to call it that. And then, of course, you go and investigate that, and you see that, that everything is very, very wrong. Uh, I mean, logos are missing. Um, the, the thing from Sket Dance, if you actually Google uh, animation template, the, the first thing that comes up is the exact thing that they're using for that <coughs> for that drawing. So, oh, okay. I mean, there's there's a lot of sort of very, very obvious uh, things in there. And if you go and look at, like, the, the follower list, if you scroll all the way down or whatever, I mean, you can see, obviously, who's responsible there. It's It's very sort of 
very obvious yeah. by, by that point. Everyone sort of went, oh, okay, I don't really know how we missed that, but but yeah. So did it feel like as the images were continuing to come up, there was just a little bit more and more off and off and off about them that kind of led up to this? Or was it just, uh, it all still seemed relatively in line with itself until we got that, hey, by the way, these are fake? Yeah, I mean, I I, I didn't follow the guy, uh, I don't think, until until recently. And so I only ever saw what he what he posted initially, which all looked absolutely fine. And then obviously when someone said, you know, hey, this is probably this is probably not not real. Uh, and if you then go and scroll down the feed, you can see he's sort of retweeting art from from loads of different animators who are definitely not Japanese. Like mm. the, there would be sort of no reason to do that. And right. they're all sort of using um, hashtags. They're all in English, and I don't know. None of it. None of it really adds up. Yeah. So before we get to kind of like the, the the current fallout of this, and I don't mean it to be this way, but it's totally going to be this way. I'm totally going to throw you under the bus here, AJ, because right. you've cited this stuff uh, before, particularly in. Well, it's a great video otherwise and still remains true and accurate in pretty much every other sense. Uh, Heath, you and I on Konsenshu, I'm 99% certain we never actually reported on any of this stuff. No formal news post about it or citations on it. Have you maybe mentioned it before in conversations before though? Like Genga being thrown out? I feel like uh, I've heard a passing reference to that. I have, yes. Which isn't actually that uncommon in a series. There, There are things that are drawn that just don't quite make it or get completely redone by the animation director. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, absolutely. usually not to the point where somebody's already done an entire cut and then they decide, well, we're going to scratch, you know, these 10 cuts and just completely redo yeah. it. That usually doesn't happen. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, in, in sort of your your late night weekly anime, I mean, anything that the, the key animator gives to a supervisor, you know, if it's not approved, I mean, that's going in the bin. They, they have to redo it. And my point was always that, you know, for a, for a weekly series, I mean, yeah, that's probably going to happen uh, at some point. But for, for something like Super that's supposedly struggling so much, it doesn't make much sense to just tell someone to bin it, especially when you're looking at, at, at work that seemed of, of a, a good standard. Yeah. Um, it just, I don't know, it just seems so, so weird to me. And so I naturally just drew, came to a conclusion that, you know, hey, this must, must have been thrown away for, uh, for reasons other than quality, surely. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's, that's my bad on, on my part, but it, it seemed logical at the time. No. Well, well let's take that as, uh, kind of like a learning opportunity here and gives you a little bit of insight into how we work on things as well. Uh, so now in retrospect, and I think we talked about it a little bit already here, but now in retrospect, looking back on things. So start with the follower list. What are some of the hints there as we look at it now? Like, oh, okay. Now I see. Yeah. So, so, I mean, I don't want to really uh, turn this into a witch hunt. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, I... maybe maybe they deserve it. Yeah. But, you know, if, if you if you do scroll down the follower list, the first person who followed that account is very clearly the artist who did uh, who did all of these these sketches. If you go into their account, you'll see um, work that you know or has the same traits. I mean, the the, the pencil colors are, are, are like a one to one match. And I mean, don't get me wrong; those those colors are, are pretty common in the industry. But I mean, these are these are identical pretty much and i'm no handwriting expert but you know stuff there is it's just it's just mm-hmm. 
it's so obvious now that, yeah, just kind of feel a little bit silly. <laughs> it's totally fine. I mean, this is how, you know, learns how to report things. And I, I feel like I'm putting you on trial. And I don't mean it to be that way. I think you're just a great example of saw this stuff and for all the right reasons incorporated it into your narrative. And I think this is a, a great way to kind of look at just because something looks right doesn't necessarily mean that it is. And this is what Heath and I are always talking about, where it's have we independently confirmed that this is what they say it is. And I know that's talking like it's very patronizing journalism 101, especially coming from people who have zero background in journalism, <laughs> especially when it's like Dragon Ball journalism does not exist. I mean, it's just that's totally a class you can yes, take. And we offer it at Konzenshu University coming at you in 2017. Right. Uh, is that like Trump University? Yes, it's very much like that. <laughs> Money making scheme for us. We will go on vacation. We got to pay the bill somehow, people. <laughs> exactly. Um, where was I going with this? Independent confirmation. Yeah, just because it's on Twitter from an account that seems right doesn't necessarily mean it is. And this can even extend to things like verified Twitter accounts. I mean, anything can happen with brute force password guessing and attacks, that kind of thing. Like, you got to always be really, really careful in how you report things. And Heath, I think back to uh, a couple times when we've had to make the judgment call of we can't independently confirm this. Do mm -hmm. we go with this story? And I think the best example of that was the first leaked shot of the Battle of Gods poster. And we kind of did as much analysis of that image as we could from our perspective and asked as many questions of people who could do a little bit more than us. And that's one of those times like you got to just go with your gut and yep. kind of eat it one way or the other. And you always just have to ask questions. Yeah. Because we see it all the time, you know, just about, I wouldn't say every week, but every couple of weeks, some new scan comes out or, and it's usually not a scan. Somebody took a picture, mm -hmm. but everybody calls it a scan. Right. <laughs> um, so there will be some picture from a magazine that comes out and it'll be from someone that's never posted anything like it. And you just have to start asking yourself questions of, does this make sense? And it can be so simple as, I've seen this magazine before. Does the font face look correct? Is the type done neatly? Is this the type of Japanese characters they would use? Mm. You know, things like that. It could be so simple as, oh, there's something in the background. There's no way that's from then. You know, it is a judgment call. Does it feel legitimate to you? And there's, we live in the age of the internet, so it just always happens. It's, I want it now. And as soon as somebody sees it, no questions, just it has to be the truth. I mean, it's nice when it is because sometimes it's great news, but I hate telling people it's true when it's not. And I don't want to have to be the one that says, oh, sorry, I kind of screwed up on that one. Yeah, yeah. I think a good example of it was true was a recent photo of uh, V-Jump that came out before the issue actually came out. It was that page announcing there was going to be new Trunks material coming out. Was it a new TV special? Like that was kind of the prevailing reporting going on. Uh, and Jake's concern yeah. when he first saw that image was like, well, the alignment on this text doesn't seem quite perfect yeah it, it did look really weird until you see the whole page and that is one right. other issue is when someone takes a photo of something mm -hmm. half the time important text gets cut out for a reason and <laughs> yeah 
and you're just like, huh, is there a reason this got cut out? So maybe this is kind of faked. Right, right. And it's tough when they're photos, because when you look at that page in the magazine in context, it looks totally fine. But the angle of the photo, like there there are some things that throw you off a little bit. You got to be careful with that. So let's bring Mm -hmm. things back to this conversation here. AJ, take us down the rabbit hole. You said you don't want to be a witch hunt, but I think people should be, I don't know if held responsible is the right phrase, but if you're going to be on the internet and you're going to put things out there, going to have your name attached to them, well, you are a part of history at that point. And that's your responsibility. And the phrase I used earlier, you have to eat it at that point. So can you give us a little bit of explanation on how this came about of, by the way, everyone, this is fake. So... I mean, I, I don't know the, the specifics of it and, it, and it's why I'm sort of a little bit hesitant to be like, hey, it's definitely this guy when, I mean, after, sure. after your whole thing about journalism, you know, I don't want to definitively go, <laughs> right. you know, hey, Now I have you on edge, like, oh God, what do I say? <laughs> I mean, I've embarrassed myself enough. I'm meant to be a journalist myself, so... I'm gonna I'm gonna try and be professional in this. Sure, case. So, sure. So essentially, essentially, what happened was someone popped up. Um, uh, they tweeted at me actually, and they said, uh, "Hey, do you remember the, those keyframes from a while ago? Hey, they're not real. They're by they're by this guy." And I was like, um, "No, don't think so." And then I went on to the forum, and in my animation thread, uh, the same guy's there, and he gives a bit more of a, a detailed explanation. He says, um, "So I was at uh, I I cannot remember what the name of the." the expo was but it was some anime thing somewhere um and he said well i met the guy and they they explained to me that um hey we just kind of did this as as a prank and we thought you know it it would be funny just to sort of fake something and um yeah um, and when people ran with it they they were apparently too afraid to to come out and say hey you know what this is this is not real they thought people were going to be really mad at them so instead they thought yeah, let's not say anything mm-hmm. for months and months and months until someone said Yeah, it that them. sounds like the best practice. Yeah, <laughs> so it wasn't really that even that they doubled down on it. It was just, oh crap, what have I gotten myself into? Yeah, that's the strange thing. Like the, I, I sort of feel hesitant to, to even say I feel sorry for them because, I mean, these images didn't all come out at once. I mean, they, they were trickled out over the course of a couple of weeks and the, the Twitter account was active for sort of months after that, sort of, you know, trying to sell the light even more. Mm, right, right. Um, so it's continuing on that end. And I think it's also important to say the, the text that accompanied these, it wasn't like the images were just put out there with no context. The context was, no, this is a part of Dragon Ball Super and I am this person that I'm pretending to be. Yeah, I mean, on, on one of the, the pictures um, that came out, it, it said something like, oh, uh, and here's my, my co-worker's doodle or I doodled a, a, a scroll. Oh, yeah, I remember that. My co-worker's <laughs> work and it's they're like they're they're trying to sell this so much yeah it just it kind of blows me away and it, and it especially blows me away that i mean this is this is a real person and you know as as, as much as animators do post things toei have been known to sort of tell people off and 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 on on the uh uh sakuga uh buru that i i post on quite a lot they're, they're all about sourcing bits of animation so when people tweet at animators like hey was this you or was was this you i mean it's not totally uncommon to get replies like Maybe, but I can't say I might get in trouble. Oh, yeah. I've never heard of anything from Toei coming down on people before and removing sources and stuff. Nope. Never, never no personal experience (laughs) whatsoever. So, uh, yeah, it's um, kind of a shitty thing to do. It is. So what do you think we do with it? from this point forward i mean do we kind of like uh ignore every single thing we see about dragon ball super (laughs) unless it comes from the pre-approved propaganda source which that doesn't help us in any way yeah i think it's a tough one i think 
I think this experience is definitely a learning one for a lot of people. I know especially me who, I mean, I'll generally generally question everything if it's in English and if it's in Japanese. If it reads wrong, it's probably not right. And and I guess my attitude before was if it reads right and it looks good, it's probably real. Yeah. And I guess it's important to, to change that. And I guess for the future of other things pop up, at least we sort of know what to look for. And I guess it, it's probably taught me and a lot of people to be like, hey, let's let's maybe do some some more digging than just sort of Googling the guy's name and, and just yeah, scrolling yeah. through his Twitter account. Tough lesson, I guess. How do you think it changes, again, going back to that phrase I was using before, the narrative of Dragon Ball Super's production? Does this change much at all, a little bit, significantly? What do you think there? I feel like it was all perpetuated because of production. Yeah. I mean, this never would have happened. It it almost legitimized it so much more because of what we already knew was happening. Yeah. I feel like if if it was already so smooth and someone all of a sudden jumped out and said, oh my God, they're cutting my material. And we'd just be like, "Uh," I, I would question it a little more. I know personally, but I don't know. It's Toei's kind of made their bed at this point. They got to sleep in it and we all have to sit there. (laughs) <laughs> we're, we're sitting at the edge of the bed looking over them and then, yeah <laughs> that's not weird at all Heath. nope that's the best analogy i could come all with right. okay it's, it's fine uh yeah I, I think that all makes sense it, it fit in with what we knew was going on so that kind of brought some legitimacy to it but at the same time it's kind of shitty to go along with that for so long and i i really am i if people know me at all i'm big on accountability and i think people need to be held accountable for the things they say and for the lies they perpetuate i think that's really important and uh this kind of stuff needs to be documented for the future so we can point to this example in the past and say here's what happened here's what really happened here's why what didn't happen supposedly happened if you can follow all that yeah, that makes sense. So the lesson learned is if you think it might be fake, it was the French. <laughs> it's it's always it's always Europeans. I know AJ's on board. Oh, so. definitely. I mean, if if you like the French in this country, well, you, you you're gonna get shipped off. I think. <laughs> oh man, it's always the French breaking embargoes on stuff too. Like. It really I mean, is. All right. I don't really know how to wrap it up at this point because this was such a, a weird topic and that it wasn't true. <laughs> but I felt like we still had to talk about it and address it, even though we've never really talked about it uh, so precisely on uh, the show before. But uh, it's a weird one. No, I guess I guess just to sort of talk a little bit more about does it change anything? I, I don't think it does. I think I think it obviously, as you said, it. it it made sense at the time and what we were seeing on screen, you know, was, was bad enough for us to go, okay, yeah, maybe this story is right. Yeah. Uh, Things whereas, are so bad. This could be true. Yeah whereas, yeah. whereas now it's sort of like, well, I guess those other reasons that, you know, we always cite a, a, just the case. I mean, it, it's, it's just sort of, you've swiped out one on the list of, of reasons. I mean, you've got a, an endless list of, of others now. It doesn't really, doesn't really change anything. Right. Sadly. Yeah. Well, where do you think we'll kind of wrap things up with a uh, a small conversation about Dragon Ball Super's production right now? Uh, as we are knee deep, more than knee deep, we're, we're full on wading in the waters of the future trunks arc here. Um, how do things feel right now from a production standpoint? How do things look on screen? How's the narrative feel, especially now that we got the uh, first look at Toyotaro's version in V-Jump uh, just this last week? Uh, that's always been one source to point to. 
particularly with the end of the six versus seven tournament with uh, Super Saiyan God versus Blue Kaioken, the, the differences there. Um, how does Super feel right now from a production standpoint? Uh, start with you, Heath. Right now, I'm feeling pretty good about it. I feel better, I guess, is how I would depict it. I think things have picked up much more i think toei's more on top of things i'd like to see them maybe a little bit um a little bit more of an improvement on some of the animation tools that they're using uh we're still seeing some of the repeated issues that we've had before uh, not so much with the animators themselves but when they're they're using the computer to kind of mask what they could do with animation but instead using effects to kind of do it i'd mm. i'd still like to see a little bit less of that but I can understand sometimes with the production rush that they're under, that that's just, they're not able to do that. Yeah, ain't nobody got time for that in the weekly schedule right now. Yeah. Uh, But other than that, um, I think the writing's been pretty good. Uh, We'll really, I really want to see how they kind of spread this out. Are we going to get, you know, a couple more narrative episodes like we've had? Because you really came into this series uh, much more action heavy than we had with any of the others. Mm. And I know the animation kind of took a little bit of a hit more like in episodes two and three of this arc where it seemed like they put a lot into that very first one yeah, yeah. because of course everyone's going to watch it. So maybe spread some of those really good animators out just a little bit more. Other than that, I mean, I can't complain too much. There's obviously there's always something to complain about, but it depends on how nitpicky I want to be. And at this point with what we've seen previously, I'm not saying burn it all. So I'm pretty good with it. All right. AJ, what do you think? How does production feel uh, this this far into the Trunks arc so far? I think what we're seeing on screen looks a lot more polished. I think, I mean, you're asking me how it feels rather than what it is. Because, I mean, if you you do look behind the scenes, I mean, things are still a mess. Yeah, yeah. Um, Oh, definitely. I I think the important thing there is, can they cover that up? (laughs) Can they make us think that things aren't as bad as they were? Uh, Maybe. Maybe I I feel like I feel like it feels so sort of patchwork at the moment where you're sort of you'll have your I mean I'm I'm a, I'm about to describe Dragon Ball Z in a nutshell you <laughs> sure. have your episodes that look okay and and stuff looks iffy here but I feel like at the moment each episode is sort of just about holding together mm. um, like like I know that mm-hmm. um, not this episode, not this episode but the episode before um, you know everything you know was mostly fine and then you sort of got towards the end and you can see the seams starting to split you've got sort of very sort of clearly uncorrected art towards the end um, rather than sort of with Z where you know one episode hey this looks really good the next one looks not so good it's now sort of hey this half is is nice and then the second half is not not so good well and you're getting a lot of instances like i can't even remember the last time there was only one animation supervisor yeah definitely and and what they've been doing if you're at all in tune with animation sometimes it becomes really clear of this guy did this half of the episode and this guy did this half and then you can tell who was doing what in between and it's you're really starting to notice that a lot because a lot of the episodes have two or three and then even sometimes you'll get a few assistants with them so yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about, AJ. Yeah. That's it's kind of hard to watch sometimes, where you're like, you, you just lose that consistency of having one supervisor. Yeah, definitely. Um, but see, this is why I don't really know how to answer this question because I think I suppose for for people who don't really follow animation, probably aren't going to be able to pick out styles. They might watch this and go, you know, hey, this is mostly fine. Hey, that scene kind of looks bad, but I find it so hard to switch that off. Like I, I'm watching an episode and going. 
okay, so this is this person, and then we've now got a supervisor who just did an episode the other day, now doing this, and that animator was here last week, and it, it's just so sort of, it's so patchwork, and you can you can sort of, you can see the production, and it and it it's so sort of hard to, to stomach, I guess. Um, but in terms of how it feels for uh, most people, I suppose it's it's definitely better, like a hundred percent, definitely better. These past few episodes have been mostly fine, aside from sort of one. I mean, even even the the recent Gohan episode, which was just about a solo episode, was you know pretty pretty good, which is quite rare. I'm hearing you describe this, and then picturing that scene from The Matrix where they're sitting at the the screens, and he's like, "Oh yeah, blue, red, male, female." Like you're you're watching Dragon Ball Super, and all you're seeing is the code behind it that describes how it's made. <laughs> like you don't actually see a show anymore. And I don't know if that's a beautiful thing or a terrible thing, and if I it's, should feel bad awful. for you. Yeah. It's a terrible thing. <laughs> it's uh, I usually have to watch episodes multiple times because I I do almost the same thing AJ does. The very first time I watch it, I really don't enjoy it as much just because I'm analyzing it the entire time. And then I have to go back and watch it two or three more times to more just back away and just watch it. Yeah. To watch well, it. Well, Heath, I mean, one of the first things you do after an episode is you do the page for the episode guide on the website. So like, you're in info mode the first time you're watching an episode. So. Oh, yeah. the first, Exactly. I just wait till the end credits start rolling and i'm just jotting away and yeah yeah. i don't know the website has ruined a lot of things for me (laughs) um basically how whenever something new comes out it's not wow this is cool it's okay how am i going to report this how am i going to analyze it and yeah but that's also how i just do things naturally anyway so we feel so bad for you you should (laughs) no i i mean i'm not complaining about it at all it's just the way i do things and everybody's different it takes a while to really you know i don't know maybe aj hasn't quite gotten it down pat but it takes a while to to really flip that switch off and just enjoy something I can do it, but it, it definitely takes a while. And I, I blame you both for, for me being this way. <laughs> I mean, it, it is entirely your fault. I mean, up until sort of around Battle of Gods, I was just your sort of casual fan, watch whatever, didn't really care, everything was fine. And then you, you come across your website and suddenly you hate everything. Everything's wrong. <laughs> Nothing is perfect. And well, it's that, all your fault. <laughs> that makes us sound like terrible people. <laughs> no, I've learned plenty. It's a, it's a nice trade-off, I guess. It's always weird because it's, it's one of those weird things that... The the more you know, the less you like about those things. Yep. Education is bad, is what I'm saying. You got to do it like I do, where I don't read anything anymore. I don't watch anything anymore. I just live in full-on documentation. That way, nothing can be ruined for me because I'm not trying to enjoy anything. There you go. Be apathetic through life exactly. and you'll be fine. It'll take you far. You will advance much in life if you don't care about anything. This is terrible <laughs> advice we're giving Heath. What are you talking about? Konzenshu life lessons. Great. Oh, all right. Konzenshu, destroying fandom through love. I think that's going to be our uh, our new tagline moving forward. We destroy it for people so that it just gets it out of the way. Let's bring our topic to a close. Uh, Heath, thanks for being here. Thanks for having uh, me. Nothing exciting to say to you because you're usually here anyway. I know. I'm just, I'm trying not to break everything on the website right now. <laughs> no, so You and me both. Uh, AJ, thanks for joining us, man. First time here on the show. Yeah. And here, being thrown under the bus. Yeah, exactly. That's how we uh, do it here on the show is you come on, you get thrown under the bus. We kind of back up and pull forward and then back up and pull forward. Make sure you're nicely ground into the uh, concrete there. And then you can uh, move forward with a smile on your face. Everything will be great. And somehow we'll convince you to come back. Exactly. Do it again. 
Uh, just considering it the old uh, moderator part of the old initiation. There's always some kind of hazing process. Sometimes it's we verbally destroy you on the podcast. Sometimes we just leave you drunk in a gutter somewhere. And there's, I mean, you're too far away for us to do that. So you got to come on here to be thrown under the podcast bus. It's all good. Podcast bus. Who's driving the podcast bus? I'm not driving. <laughs> I don't think anybody's been driving oh, for years. No one's driving. What do we do? Uh, this is the end of our topic. I now transition to the rest of whatever this episode is right now thanks to heath for making that time kind of last minute there and aj of course in a very different time zone from the rest of us uh arranging things there i'm glad that came together last second i was really happy to talk about that it's what i love about this show is that i can bring on people who know more about specific subject areas than i do it makes everyone look better and smarter that's by design that's the entire point there so let's wrap up the show what's been going on with the website uh there have been some new translations from julian he's been really enjoying all of the akira toriyama and masakazu katsura uh, the two bffs there some of their various interviews from over the years tied in with their uh, i guess we can call it the galactic patrol series so look for those on the website uh heath and i have both been undertaking different projects of different magnitudes uh, both of them have actually been in the works let's say for a few years now uh mine was a very small project a very long time ago actually on a very early podcast episode i'm resurrecting that and bringing it back into a, a new section and heath has been working on something that uh we've been trying to work on for a very long time and that's in addition to other guides which we honestly would have launched in 2013 were it not for new productions that keep changing everything about the contents of these guides if only they'd stop making things that directly affect the content that we're writing we could wrap things up and debut them jeez man can a guy get a break over here so hopefully those are a couple good teases and they will uh actually contribute to some good podcast topics in the near future as well i love how everything just kind of ties together here of course jake and julian always working on their own projects uh i haven't asked Jake yet actually if he's getting Dragon Ball Fusions on 3DS I'm assuming he is uh the two of us generally go through all the uh import handheld games together and just so many sections and guides on the site uh I mean there's always something going on somewhere and just check in on the page has probably been an update to it recently we have so many great things www.kanzenshuu.com that is comesenshu.com for Heath for Jake and for Julian and thanks to AJ for stopping in this episode my name is mike i occasionally go by Vegito ex you can just call me mike this has been episode 408 of our podcast can't wait to just jump into the next podcast episode so until then see ya have a great week bye bye Did you snap your fingers? I did, except I kind of missed and it kind of just slid off itself like a wet fart.